The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. Don't hear it at all. Oh, yeah? Shutting shit out, are we? I don't hear it! I don't hear it. I don't hear it. Welcome to Sex and Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. We're back. We are back. After an almost month-long hiatus. I think maybe longer than that. I think it might be longer than that. Yeah, maybe before maybe before Christmas was the last time that we recorded an episode. We've been going through some shit. Yeah, it's just been, you know, you know when you get to those points where it's like, I love talking to people, I love doing what I do, but sometimes I'm just not able to give advice. Yeah, not able to give advice like... Like we just weren't in the the right headspace to give you guys like an actually good show, and that's what we do. Like we're not. That's why we miss weeks sometimes. It's not because we're not recording or because we're lazy or whatever. It's because me and Jackie get together, we start talking, and we know like just immediately it's like. We're not going to be good today, are we? No, because I feel like it's like the kind of thing where it's like, oh, you're having an issue? I don't know. <laughs> Go get fucked. I guess getting laid helps every problem. You know, it's like, that's not what we want to be. That's not know? what we want to be. That's not what we want to do. I mean, I mean, it's uh, it's because we have shit going on, but it's also uh, seasonal depression. That's what it is. I mean that that's part of it. I know myself. It's it's every every. We talk January. about it every year. We yeah, talk we talk about it every year. And we talk about it absolutely every year. You know, and 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 it's uh, the it there really is something to seasonal depression. I know I get it every single year around January, usually right after my birthday, uh, January nineteenth. And January nineteenth, uh, I've said this on a, a different show, is that they have found that statistically it is the most depressing day of the year. So what I think your answer should be is. Change your birthday. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. We were going out to like, I mean, I think we went, it was like one of the coldest days here. And Marcus was hanging out and for his birthday. And I was just like, I love Marcus to death. I was like, can't we just do this six months from now? Can't we celebrate Marcus's half birthday? <laughs> yeah, like kids are born on Christmas. We do a half birthday. Half birthday. So I am just going to go ahead and throw it out there. I think that June is a great time for a birthday. And maybe you should try it out this year. Well, I think if we were to do that, I would have to skip the next birthday and then do it next June because then I would have two birthdays in one year. Just have two birthdays. Okay. I think have extra birthdays. Everybody loves birthdays. People love going to birthday parties. Mm -hmm. You get free drinks. Everyone's dancing. Mm -hmm. Sure, everyone's dancing. I don't know where we're going to go, but we're going to be dancing. Dude, oh, June. A June birthday? That's the thing. Jeezy crazy. I mean, and I think you could maybe pull off a Gemini. May you think so? I think on paper. <laughs> I think I think for the most part, most people can probably pull off a lot of signs. Yeah. But I think you'd be a great one. As someone that usually befriends or loves Gemini's, right, I, right. Mean, I think that you would fall right in. I just might. Who knows? I mean, as far as dealing with seasonal depression, I think maybe that's why we weren't another reason why we weren't able to get into it, because uh, that is a battle. Uh, that it's a definitely a, a battle that that I know definitely me I was fighting all throughout uh, January February and even a little bit into into December too and and uh, that's the other thing about this show is is that I think that it's it also works into a, a bigger thing uh, is the first person as far as mental health goes the first person you need to take care of is yourself yes. Taking care of yourself is the most important thing. You protecting yourself—that's uh, what one thing that my my therapist has told me over and over again is that I'm very bad at protecting myself. Always, you know, I, I do shit that is, you know, 
maybe good for other people. No, but you're maybe always sort of, no, you're always thinking of other people. Yeah, but it's a, but I very rarely protect myself. But I think with this is that I was uh, really more focused on like I've got to get through my own shit. I I'm not able to help other people right now. If I can't help myself, then I can't help other people. Right. Neither one of us can. Like it's it's. I think if like one of us is out of commission, the other one can pick up the slack. But when we're both out of commission, it's. Just it's not no going to work out. And that's something that you have to realize in, in your life as well, listener, uh, is if, you know, you're in a really, really bad place, just kind of think about the things that you can pull back on a little bit. Kind of think about the things that, especially if it's something serious that takes a lot of uh, your time and energy, uh, then think about pulling back on it. There's no shame in it. You know, and of there, course, there's a lot of things in your life you can't pull back on. Of you know, it's like you taking care of your kids or going to work or, you know, just the everyday thing that sometimes you got to, you know, put the smile on your face and just get through it. Yeah. But then there are the other things that you can, that you do have control of, that if you're just not feeling the, your best self, that it's okay, not forever, not for long experience of time, because no. then you should talk to somebody about it. Yeah. But for a little you know, little bits. Take care of yourself. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. <laughs> oh my God, I love treat yourself so much. That's why, I mean, I probably didn't do a good thing, but a few weeks ago, you know, I was sad about, you know, the weather and everything, so I decided to buy a bunch of new spring clothes. Hey! That's- that was silly. That was dumb. I should have done it. Well, no, it's okay. But then now I have them, and they're just staring at me. And I'm just like, <laughs> ooh, I'm going to wear you. Yeah. Oh, I got some awesome, I got one awesome spring uh, spring piece of clothing. I talked about a little bit on my music show. I got myself a brand new action jacket. Action jacket. It's an action jacket. If you don't know what an action jacket is, first of all, you Marcus should get one. Marcus made it up. <laughs> no, I didn't make it. Okay, yes, I may have made action jacket up. I may have, but you know what I'm talking about. You ever see a person, can be a man or a woman, and you see him wearing a jacket, and you just look at him and you think, that motherfucker's ready for some action. Hell yeah. At any time. That person is ready for some action. There was a homeless guy on the street. He was yelling at everybody. He was lunging at people. Didn't lunge at me. You know why? Because I looked like I was ready, ready for some for goddamn action. action. What I like about and the- he wanted no part of my action. <laughs> what I like about the concept of the action jacket too is that it could. Be, I think an action jacket is whatever you want it to be. It's something yeah. that you put on that you go look at yourself. You're just like. Hell yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. And I think everybody needs at least one thing in their wardrobe that you put on, and it just makes you feel like you can conquer anything. Yeah. And I know it's just a silly thing. It's it's just it's silly, but it's, it's silly, but it's human. Yes, and it makes you feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you got an action jacket, you're not feeling good, throw that action jacket on. If you need to layer a bunch of sweaters underneath it, sometimes you just <laughs> fucking have to. If you yeah. got to wear the action jacket, you just throw it on. Yeah, and I also, I only spent $24 on this action wow, jacket. Wow, yeah. good action jacket, $24. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, well, I uh, stopped trying to shop at stores that sell new clothes. Yeah, no, I, I thought, I was like, oh, I'm going to be an adult now, and I'm going to shop at fucking Uniqlo and all that shit. They ain't got nothing I want. They ain't got nothing I want. I'd just go over to the fucking secondhand store. They got everything I want. You they gotta got get the spirit. They got, they got action jacket. Hell yeah. You got to find clothes that have the spirit. My in them. flavor. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. I did have a, um, I only had it for a little while, but man, was it a beautiful fleeting time that I had a floor length <laughs> suede 
jacket that was lined that was like on the collar and all the way down and on the uh and on the hands was lined with fur but like long fur like way too big of fur and the jacket was obnoxious and it was huge and it was so heavy i couldn't even hold it when i wasn't wearing the jacket but man did it make me feel like a rock star oh yeah like a natural woman i felt like janice joplin Ooh, maybe for the last few cold months or the last few cold weeks, I should bring my floor-length World War II jacket back out. <laughs> there you the go. The one where all the Russians you, give me discounts because look, I look super Russian. You do. You look like a Russian soldier. <laughs> Not as girthy, but... Oh, no. What do you see? Have you ever seen a Russian soldier? They're oh, all... have I seen a Russian soldier? <laughs> no, they're all spindly and near-death like That's I true, am. That's true, yeah. They're spindly people. Except they don't they feed can, their soldiers well. They can handle the cold much better than you can, though. Yeah, I suppose so. But that jacket, god damn. There's something about a good jacket. If you guys, if you don't have a good jacket, go to your secondhand store, find yourself a good jacket. You don't need to spend a whole lot of money on your good jacket. You don't need to spend $300 on a jacket. Yeah, no, it's dumb. Yeah, it's dumb, man. Just go get yourself a little action. That, and if you're in a place where you don't need jackets, go out and get yourself a nice sleeveless vest. <laughs> because, good lord, does a nice sleeveless vest get you where you want to be? Uh, you know, I, I agree with you 100%. I guess it's, over, it's redundant. I'd, well, but. I know your penchant for sleeveless things. Ooh, I love it sleeveless. <laughs> but I do have a nice denim vest. <laughs> I shouldn't wear it, but I ooh. love your denim vest. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to our letters for today. All right. Where are we going to call uh this first i think it's a dude it's a it's an odd name definitely an odd name but it sounds dude-ish uh jiggy cat (laughs) i like it i've been listening to too much will smith (laughs) it's almost that time Uh (laughs) (laughs) that that time All right, here we go. Hello there, Marcus, Jackie, whoever reads these. Uh, I'm writing in to first gush about how much I love Cave Comedy Radio, but also just to get some advice on life stuff. I'm 22, and I think I'm going through that quarter-life crisis thing where you realize you've got the rest of your life to live and aren't sure how to do it. You both seem to be experienced in life and have at least a few things figured out, so I thought I'd maybe share my situation and get some input. I'll try to keep the backstory short. I've come a long way with depression and anxiety in terms of figuring out how to cope. Didn't go to the last two years of high school, but studied from home, got my exams and IB crap in. He's from Canada. I don't know what IB is. but I was in IB. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. International Baccalaureate Program. <laughs> it's very hard. <laughs> All right, then. Well, yeah, good So congratulations. <laughs> he said he managed to pass. Hell, yeah, man. It's hard. On the advice of my guidance counselor and just doing what my brother and sister did, I started a BSc at one university, had a good term, had a bad term, and dropped out. Came home for a year, went to another university in another science program, had a good term, then three bad terms, but got involved in a great lab and realized that although research is a great career, it's just not for me. So now I'm back home again. I have a handle on what goes on and how to deal with it. Anxiety pushing to skip classes and failures leading to depression, a cyclical sort of deal. I thankfully have great family support, but feel a little nervous about my next move pursuing an electronic engineering technician program at a college and then working that trade in the armed forces. 
Both of my siblings are doctors. My mother is a doctor and my dad is an engineer. They're supportive of me doing anything at this point, but it still feels like my parents want me to go into medicine, which I have no interest in. They make some good points about the salary and lifestyle difference, but not sure to what end. Joining the forces is not common in my family, and they seem nervous about that too, offering to pay my tuition if that's why I'm considering the armed forces. They're also wondering if this is really something that I want to do or if I'll lose interest, and I am too, given how the second go at university turned out. Is that feeling they're going to think I wasted potential or something going to go away? Should I even care about it? Jiggy Cat. It's, I would say a family of doctors are the only family that would look at someone that wants to go into an electrical engineering program and say, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you doing, are you really living to your full potential here? Are you living to your full potential doing this extremely difficult science-based uh, career path, this extremely safe science-based career path? Dude, that's fucking great. Electronic engineering technician program in college. That's awesome. That, that, that's a wonderful career track. And the armed forces, man, if it sounds good to you, if you've done the research, if you've really, like, try to find someone that really will tell you what the lifestyle is like, what to expect, all of that stuff. Make sure, do your research on this. Like, really do your research. Uh, but you had a couple of false starts. It's fine. Everybody has false starts. You're very lucky that you have a family to go back to. You're, you're very lucky in that. Be very thankful that you have not only a family to go back to, but a supportive family that isn't absolutely not looking at you as a failure at all. Some people don't have that. You know, some people... A lot of people don't have that. Yeah, a lot of people don't have that. You know, they get one shot and that's it. Uh, you've got a third. You got a third time's the charm, man. I mean, you've got a, a, a shot at doing something that... It sounds like you've got a pretty good handle on. Also, I mean, I, I am not obviously speaking of experience, but I uh, of what I know of this as someone that, you know, lives with someone that comes from an extremely, uh, you know, f- armed forces background. And, you know, my family was in the armed forces is that maybe it might be good for you because it seems like a commitment you can't just drop out of. You can't. That maybe that is good for you. Maybe the, the fact that if you choose this, like, like Marcus said, doing your research and you really want to do this, that it's not something that you can just be like, oh, well, I can just move home. Yeah. And maybe that's great. Maybe if, if, if given that, because it seems like you do have drive, you just need something to keep you on that path. Yeah, man. And, and sometimes it is so wonderful to have a supportive family, but sometimes being able to go back to that and being able to fall back on them isn't out. And if you do this... It's not that easy to get out of. No, not without going to jail. And so if this is what you want to do, then do it. Then you can't just go home. Yeah. And that is a very scary thought, but it sounds like you're smart as fuck. And I bet that if you just apply yourself and the fact that you can't go anywhere will probably get you through it and you'll have a great time. I mean, maybe not have a great time, but you'll you'll get really <laughs> strong and really smart. Yeah, that's re- for sure. Really strong and and very smart. Yeah, man. I, I think. Um, I mean, you definitely have to think of it. Like, if you're going to the armed forces, uh, think about if you're gonna have to go into combat. If you have the temperament for that. But at the same time, what they really need is somebody that's fucking smart as hell in there mm-hmm. that is at least working on stuff. It's like because a lot of people don't choose that path anymore yeah. because of what's going on. So if this is something that you want and it seems like th- that you have the smarts for it, I think that you should do it. Yeah. But also I think that you should pay attention to what made you drop off 
with your grades and, and, and what you were doing in the first two goes? What was it? What were your triggers that, that made you that made you fall off on your work and going to classes and things like that? I think that you should be also focusing and figuring that stuff out as well before you do jump into this decision because, like I said, it's hard to get out of, and and that is a much bigger issue. Mm-hmm. That you, you're getting into these programs, so you are able to do it, so why aren't you finishing it? I think it might be a social anxiety thing uh, yeah. because he said uh, anxiety about classes led him to skipping classes, and he also mentioned that he did his last two years of high school at home. So it could be that you're a little worried about your social skills, you're a little nervous about being around other people, so you might have hid in your room every once in a while, uh, and you can't do that. That's that's just if you're if you're gonna go out and be a part of this world outside of your parents' house, you can't do that. You have to get over that social anxiety somehow because if you can't get out of your room to go to classes, how are you gonna get out of your room to go to work? Uh, and you can't just stay at your parents' house forever. You got to figure out some way to get over that, whether it's through therapy or joining some sort of club or group that uh, that shares your interest. Uh, and by the way, uh, this doesn't just go for uh, Jiggy Cat here, but it goes for everybody as well. Uh, an internet group uh, is not what we're talking about. It, we're not talking about going on a subreddit and finding other people that also really like looking at pictures of the sky and talking about uh, the different colors in a sunset. Although like, that is fun. That's fun. You know, that's, but- that's fine. But it is no, it is no substitute for actual human interaction. Like, I feel like a lot of people these days, uh, they are, they're, uh, before, I think most people had a, a desire to, to go outside and to get over their shit because they had no other choice. Like, they had to have some sort of human uh, interaction, so they had to go outside and do something. But I think now people are content to stay at home, uh, and they're content to just interact with whoever happens to be online with them at that moment. Message boards or Instagram, any, Facebook, anything like that. We're, we're substituting social media for actual social interaction. Uh, and I think that's keeping a lot of people indoors. And I think it's keeping a lot of people from getting jobs. It's keeping a lot of people from going to school uh, and getting degrees because the uh, computer is easy. Uh, you can t- you can spend 20 minutes crafting your reply or your retort to some sort of internet argument, but out in the real world, woo, you got to come up with it, man. You got to mm-hmm. be fast. You're going to you're going to get embarrassed sometimes. You know, you're going to get that that embarrassed, like, social anxiety feeling in the pit of your stomach. It's just going to happen. That's just a part of what being human is. But when it works, when you really connect with somebody, it makes it all worth it. It makes all the rest of that bullshit worth it. You know, we all say stupid shit every single day. I, every day I'd say or do something that kind of makes my stomach quirk a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh but I keep doing it. I keep going out there doing shit and saying shit every single day because the connections that I make are 100% worth any of those little squinches I might have in my stomach. I guess it's part of my social anxiety, which I think I've said before on this cast, where it's like, when I do these podcasts, I don't listen to them afterwards because I can't. I have to. Uh, you have to. <laughs> and I can't deal with it because I can't listen to myself because that is a big 
anxiety that I have in myself is like thinking about what I said and then thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. So with this, people are like, oh, but you talk on, on the radio. It's like, but I'm not seeing any of you guys. <laughs> I'm just talking to Marcus as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So I do understand where you're coming from when it comes to that stuff. But, but I mean, you're going to get ripped out of your bed at 6 a.m. no matter what. Yeah. So it's like that's the kind of thing that you, you really got to – I think that you should talk to somebody before you make this decision. Yeah, but it sounds like you're kind of subconsciously thinking that this is what you need. Like if you're looking around – I think maybe a swift kick in the ass would – it probably benefit you, man. I think it'd be great for you. And I, I would – if I were to go into the armed forces – I'd pick Canadian over American. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as, as far as, uh, you know, chance of dying, I think is much higher in the American armed forces. Uh, I think you might be okay. I think you might be going for I mean, not to say that the Canadian armed forces aren't badasses, because I've heard plenty of stories about some rough motherfuckers up oh, in yeah. Canada. So don't get me wrong there. Not disparaging their armed forces in the least bit. But... It seems like it'd be a lot more fun than ours. I, don't, I think we're just making that up. But I, I tend to agree, though. Well, I just, I mean, I've got an idea in my head as far as what the Canadian, uh, you know, like, army is like. And, you know, it just seems a lot more moose-filled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're so big. It's scary. All right. Well, you want to move on to our, yeah. our next letter here? Uh, all right. What's, uh, uh, what's the name here? I, I'm not also, this is a, also a, uh, a, a, a gender ambiguous name. Rough Rider. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, like the condom. <laughs> <laughs> the condom with the naked or the scantily clad woman on it riding the motorcycle? Hell yeah. Oh yeah, man. Oh, that's better than those that uh, Ryu from Street Fighter fucking Chun-Li. Yeah, that, and, well that's the uh, that's the pill you take though, right? Oh, that's a pill? I, I thought, think so. I thought that was just like a special Japanese condom. No, I it's think got it's Japanese an erection riding. pill. That makes a lot more sense. I mean, that's the thing. If you're going to be <laughs> pounding as Ryu, then what else do you need? Yeah, but it's like they don't show any sort of naked body parts on Chun-Li. It's just Ryu's ass, but he's yeah. still wearing the gi. Well, it's because you can't see because it's like his dick is so big that it's probably just like hitting up inside of his <laughs> headband. You just can't see it. Very true. All right. Dear Marcus and Jackie, I'm 17 years old and have begun to notice certain things about myself, which I am beginning to believe are symptoms of bipolar disorder. I first noticed them when I was researching bipolar symptoms for my psychology class and noticed that many of the symptoms correlate with symptoms I've noticed in my own life before, which started when I was around 15 or 16 years old. These are periods of depression followed by periods where I feel like the king of the world and nothing can go wrong. But as soon as one of the plans or creative pursuits that I started during this time of inspiration go wrong, I fall back into the depression again for a while. It's not constant, though. Every so often, I have a few weeks of feeling normal as the cycle of depression and mania seems to happen when I'm stressed. I'm not sure if I'm just being paranoid. I'm a little bit of a hypochondriac, and I don't really want to self-diagnose any more than I might have already, so I think I need to see a doctor. However, I'm terrified that if I'm diagnosed and my fears confirmed, my life will change in a negative way somehow, and people might think of me differently. I think I've mostly got the problem under control. I haven't done anything too reckless yet, so would it be worth it? for me to go get checked and if I do go get checked and get diagnosed with bipolar disorder what in my life would change go get checked go 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 because you know you say you have it under control now 
I will tell you from experience, bipolar disorder only gets worse as you get older. And the longer you wait to get help for it, the harder it is to change the bad habits that you're forming right now. But also an issue is as well, just to be the devil's advocate here, is that there are many times when I look up stuff online and I know that everybody says it, but it is so true that you're like, I have that. Yeah. That's what I have. I have it. Because the thing is that you say it happens in times of stress. Hell yeah, man. Everybody acts like a fucking maniac when they are stressed out. If you are in the middle of working on something and shit goes wrong, of course you're going to get upset. It could be a myriad of things. It could be the fact that you're 17 and everything's fucking hard and your whole life's about to change because you could be going to college or you could be graduating from high school or think you have all of this stuff. And I think that's also another side of it. Yeah. And I think you should get checked out because I don't think you should go in with the attitude of, hey, I looked up all this stuff on bipolar disorder and I think I have bipolar disorder. You go in, you talk to the medical professional, you tell them exactly what's going on with you, and then they will tell you. Yes. They will tell you whether you're bipolar or not. They will tell you what sort of help you might need. Uh, And if you think that maybe this person uh, isn't qualified or you don't trust this person whatsoever, get a second opinion. And if you have a couple of them say like, listen, all right, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, You're just going through something right now and you'll get through it. Then listen to them. But that's if there's a couple, because I feel like sometimes though, as someone that, you know, went through therapy when I was younger and going through all that stuff, that there are a lot of people out there that are like, you're just young. Yeah. Every, oh, you're just blowing things out of proportion. This shit shows up at a young age. It does. So that's why it it could, it definitely could be. That's why you should talk to somebody, but rather than going in, exactly like Marcus said, like, just go in and say what you are aware of. Mm -hmm. And, and, And the fact that you are aware of this stuff now is a great sign yeah. so that if there is something going on it's like you can work on this stuff the fact that you're even able to see it within yourself and notice those things it means that you will be you will be able to notice it in yourself even on medication and be able to work on things over time hopefully with a therapist right and when i was first diagnosed with bipolar i did actually look because it runs in my family and i was going through such an awful awful fucking time uh and then my my dad suggested he's like yeah you well you know this have you ever kind of thought about looking at and i had it hadn't even crossed my mind that i might like i knew i'd kind of gone through a couple of depressions here and there but i hadn't even crossed my mind that it might be bipolar and i did i actually went i looked online and i saw the symptoms uh but what i was able to do is with each of the symptoms i was able to give a very specific example of what was going on it's like oh okay like racing thoughts like racing thoughts like i actually saw it as like lit- almost like literally racing cars like the way i uh, the way i thought about it the way i kind of made sense of it is that like the racing thoughts it's like i'm standing on the side of a road and there are cars that are going by so fast that i couldn't even tell you if they're cars trucks couldn't tell you the make or the model i could vaguely tell you the color Sometimes, every once in a while. That's how fast my thoughts were. That's how fast everything went in my brain uh, when I was going through all of the bad bullshit. Uh, so I was able to give very specific examples. And then when I went to the psychiatrist and I told him, I was like, I had it all written down. I went in with, with him. I was just like, I have every single one of these examples like written down. This is what goes on with me. This is what makes me feel awful what do you think, Doc? And he's like, yeah, bipolar disorder. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, of course. Uh, so 
And then I started getting help. And then it took a long time for me to get out of those bad habits that I had been forming because I was 20, uh, 23 uh, before I uh, finally got diagnosed with it and started getting help with it. And I would say I was probably 29 or 30 before I started to finally get a handle on it, like a good handle on it. Years and years and years and years, because I had waited so long to get help for it and waited so long to get diagnosed with it, is that I had formed such terrible habits and such terrible ways of thinking uh, that I had to completely rewire my brain. Uh, And as far as how your life will change, you'll probably take medication. You'll take a pill every day. It's fine. I've been doing it for 10 years. It's annoying to have to refill your prescription every month, but it's about it, dude. You just got to make sure to take a pill every day. Go to Maybe go to therapy sometimes. Talk your shit through. Talk it out. See what happens. Um, but your life's not going to change that much as far as your day-to-day. One thing that will change is relationships. Uh, getting into a relationship. I mean, and, and you're young, so you're not really going to have to... You shouldn't really be even thinking about this all that much. But in the future, just to let you know, like if um, if you are diagnosed and you are getting help for it, like that's a disclosure thing. It's like you have to tell someone like if it's starting to go somewhere, then you have to tell them like, hey, listen, I've got it under control. First of all, I want to tell you something. I've got it under control. I'm completely stable, but. I take medication for bipolar disorder. But that's also after you've been seeing them for that's a bit. After that's, you, that's you don't not have to a, say it on a first date. No. You don't have to. But also it's the same with like if you are diagnosed, you can, you only have to tell who you want to tell. Yes, exactly. That is it. You, you, um, that is a great point. You only have to tell who you want to tell. That's it. I had family members that didn't know for years. Because it's none of their business. It's none of their business because I didn't want to tell them because they reacted in the exact way that I knew they would. There's nothing wrong with you. That old people that don't know what it is, they're like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't. disorder. Bleh. But you don't want to fuck with those people. No, like that. That's you know that you don't want to like you say like, oh, I don't want people to think of me differently. Fuck them. You don't need those people around. Those aren't the type of people that you want to be around. Right. Like, they're they're just shitty people. You know, I'd rather be. I'd rather be alone than be with shitty people. Yes. Like that. That is something that I'm learning. Uh, and have learned throughout the years is that I would I've gone through long periods of loneliness where I didn't really hang out with anyone because there wasn't anyone around me worth hanging out with, you know. And, and that's and that's happened in my adult life as well, where I you know went, God, almost a year without really hanging out with anyone because all the people around me were fucking awful, uh, and they were awful, they were destructive, they were judgmental, they were shitty people. Uh, and that was my only friend pool. So I pulled away from them, uh, and didn't really hang out with anyone until I met murder fist in the gang. Mm, the gang. <laughs> yeah. And then I had someone that was worth hanging out with, you know, and I had f- finally had friends that were worth, that were worthy of my friendship. And there, there's nothing wrong with thinking that way. There's nothing wrong with thinking there's that someone is worthy of your friendship, uh, because not everyone should get that. You don't, there's not enough, there's not enough love within you for everyone to be your friend. Somebody, you have to make a decision. 
And especially if that person's destructive or judgmental. Yeah. And negatively judgmental, not judgmental of, oh, you're doing too much heroin. You know, but like, you know. That's a good judgment. That's a good, that's a good judgment. But I'm talking about negative judgment. Yeah, negative judgment. <laughs> judging you by, judging you by, you know, by, bipolar disorder, you yes. know, like, or judging you by uh, the certain mental illnesses that you might have or judging, or health. Judging by you because you don't drink enough or, yeah. judge, you know, drunk, judging you because you got to go home because you got things to do. Yeah. Yeah. I had someone try to judge me for not drinking enough a couple of days ago. I am a 33-year-old man. I choose. I mean, it's like, <laughs> well, even from the from your whole life, you are able to choose what you do. Yeah. And peer pressure shouldn't work in your teens, and it definitely shouldn't fucking work after that. And it shouldn't be tried after that. You shouldn't be tried. That. Yeah. You me, can't make me do something. It was called boring and sober. I'm oh, like, my God. Yeah, like... Yeah, I guess. She's like, so are you just going to keep being boring and sober? I'm like, yeah, I think so. I guess that's what I, I, I choose. Fucking, yeah, I think that's what I choose. I also choose to not hang out with you. No, not someone that's going to peer pressure. I, I, no. no. All you're going to do is piss me off. <laughs> it's just going to be annoying. Yes. It's just going to be annoying. And it's going to make me not want to ever hang out with you again. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, yeah, peer pressure when you're a kid is is super, it's annoying, and it works. I mean, I, I started I started smoking because of peer oh, pressure. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, and it was like, and it was like classic, like, oh, don't you want to be cool? Like, it was yeah. like, yeah, I sure do. It was a hot, it was a hot girl that was like, oh, you're not going to make me smoke alone, are you? Jesus like, Christ. No, I guess not. And then I fucking. Because your groin was a flame. My groin was more than a flame. My groin was a forest fire. Ew, gross. It's all dry. <laughs> dry and full of burnt needles. <laughs> oh. uh, and I, you know, and I, I held that habit until a year ago. You know, I'm going to gear off cigarettes in the end of March, but it was a fucking 15-year habit. No, almost 18-year habit. It was Because of a hot girl. Because of a hot girl. Because I listened to a fucking hot... Because I let a hot girl talk me in to having a cigarette. And I had it, and I loved it, and I kept going with it until I finally had to quit because of very serious... Uh, po- possibly serious health problems. Of course, because it's the worst. Because it's the worst, yeah. So don't worry about people fucking judging you. You don't want to be around those fucking people. It's awful. So just stay away. Go get checked out. Definitely, please, definitely, please. absolutely. Please, please, please go check. get checked out. Uh, but I'll tell you this much, man. I mean, having something like that helps to weed people out. It so does. So don't yeah. worry about it. It's fine. It's who you are. Or not even... You know, I take that big. It's not who you are. It's a part of who you are. It does not define you. Uh, you are and not. It can be controlled. It can be controlled. You are not defined by your mental illness in any way whatsoever. It's not something you are. It's something you have. So don't worry about it. Just go get checked out. Get your shit taken care of, and you'll live a better life for it. All right, that's all we got for today. All right, and uh, I guess we'll be back uh, here in a week or two. I with, love it. Uh, more of your. Questions, mm. and we will be answering. You go fuck. You go fuck. <laughs> <laughs>